0: Hey, good evening, family. How are we? Good. I love this intimate feel. This is like back in the old days, the well. This is great. Uh, Well, welcome to our Christmas Eve service. I know that uh, we hit on a heavy topic there, and so it's really good to be worshiping with you all this morning, um, or this evening, I should say. I'm so used to that, look at that. We used to meet in the evenings too. Um, We're gonna do a really, really short uh, message and really kind of base it around some of the stuff that we just saw. Uh, But real quick, before I dive in, um, I do have two quick announcements just so that we don't have to go through those later. Uh, First of all, um, there is no childcare today, as you can tell. we did that for two reasons. One of them is honestly we want our children's workers just to be able to be with their family, not have to worry about kind of corralling everyone together and just honor them in that. But also a lot of times it's encouraging to kind of worship whole, uh, collectively as a family together for the parents to see uh, their moms, dads, aunts, uncles, cousins worshiping our king collectively. Okay. And so here's what I know. All right. I know that when there are family gatherings and there are young ones involved that Uh, there are times where there are weird noises and maybe even weird smells and it might get real real and somebody might run up on stage, all right? That's okay. Uh, Parents, don't freak out, all right? We get it, okay? And so uh, it's a good lesson for us as adults just to tune in and to zone in even despite distraction. And it's a great discipline opportunity for you parents, so there you go, all right? Um, That was halfway a joke. But uh, secondly, (laughs) um, there will be Uh, no offering baskets passed today, but there are some in the back of the room, and so you have no obligation to give, obviously, but if you wanna do that, you could do that back there, but we would ask you to drop your communication cards in there that were on your seat, and that way we can just see who's worshiping with us and uh, be able to connect with you in that way, all right? Um, Let me pray for a minute, and then let's go ahead and dive into the word. Um, Father, thank you. That you are not dead, God. Um, Lord, even as we hear the children's voices, we remember, Jesus, what we are celebrating, that you, the God of the universe, came down to be a child. God, you were six, you were three, you were a baby, lying in a manger. And God, this is what we celebrate today. And so I pray that you would begin to uh, help our hearts and our minds to meditate on the word, to be able to hear from you and to see you very clearly, God. We pray that you would be honored in our gathering. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, in 2016, as we just reminisced on, there was a lot of things in our world that kind of left us wanting a whole lot more, or it left us desiring something more than what we have right now. So even if we weren't impacted with personal tragedy the way that we saw on some of the videos from people in the well, we know that uh, culturally, kind of holistically, this seemed like kind of a bad year. In fact, if you're on Facebook or social media, you see all these memes that are kind of just like... Hey, when's 2017 going to come, right? 2016, we're done with you. And we kind of want to cast it off because of all the negative things that seem to come up. A three-minute video doesn't do a year's justice of negativity, and yet uh, a lot of times this can leave us desiring more, but that's exactly what Christmas is about. And that's actually how we celebrate Christmas is because this is exactly what God decided to step into. See, back 2,000 years ago, the Jews were enslaved to the Romans, and there was a lot of persecution that was going on then. Uh, The Jews had not heard from God for what seemed like forever, and as they were calling out to God, crying to him for help, it seemed like God wasn't answering. And even as Jesus was born, Herod himself killed hundreds, maybe thousands, maybe tens of thousands of one- and two-year-old boys trying to protect his reign, God was born right into the The mess of humanity. And so oftentimes, we can feel like when we're in the midst of chaos and darkness, like, God, where are you at? Except God knows exactly what it's like, for He Himself was born into the mess. God didn't stay silent. God wasn't dead. God didn't leave people wanting. In fact, God walked into it Himself. Now, sometimes what we desire from God and what God has planned doesn't really naturally line up. And so in a lot of ways, I think that in our American Christmas, we kind of expect Jesus to be like Santa Claus, right? We ask him for something, and then if he doesn't come through like that, we get a little bit disappointed because what we ask him for, it feels like we really, really need. But if we're honest, we probably just kind of really want it. Sometimes, and then in six months, our mind changes anyway, and we don't really know what we want. And so Jesus by no means is the Santa Claus that I think we've painted Christmas out to be, but he does care. God is not a distant God. God is not a distant God, but God is a present God. God stepped right into the trash and the filthy mess called humanity by becoming a human himself. Like, like this is profound and i think that we can tend to forget this in a lot of ways because god is not just arms folded way off in the distance but the christ man came down to become a man to live amongst us in the midst of the mess and so the four candles that we lit today were all different aspects of god that christ kind of initiated on his coming and i'm gonna really really quickly sprint through all four of them the first candle is called the hope candle and it tells us that Christ is indeed our hope even when things around us feel and appear and look hopeless Jesus Christ is actually our hope In 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 Paul begins his letter by saying this Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus by command of God our savior and of Christ Jesus our hope Christ is, what Paul is saying, literally our hope. It's not that we hope for heaven or we hope for better circumstances or we hope that things would change, but Christ is literally our hope. And so all the other hopes that we have, like hopes for peace or the absence of war or the absence of death or good governmental or even personal leadership or financial provision or whatever it may be, all those hopes are good, godly hopes, like we should hope for those things, but... They can all fail at any moment. Like it feels like a lot of those things have in some of our lives this year and nationally, because the Bible tells us that there's one hope and that that person is Jesus. Christ promises to be our perfect hope, that even in the midst of what appears like hopelessness, he can be hope for us. The second candle represents peace. Many would long for peace externally, no more human trafficking or bombings or murder or blacks being killed or cops being killed or refugees in crisis or all the things that we kind of mentioned there. We would desire to have peace. And once again, this is a good godly desire. I would even argue that the reason you desire it is because God has hardwired you to desire those things because he himself desires that. All throughout the scriptures, you see God desiring that there would be true peace. And Jesus promised that at his second coming, he will bring that. But he also inaugurated it on his first coming where he created peace internally. Peace between us and God. That even though there may be war outside, if we are in Christ, there doesn't have to be war on the inside of our hearts with God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 it says, "For he himself is our peace, who made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility." The third candle represents joy, and as we just keep mentioning with all the sadness and the cries, there's a longing in our heart to have true joy. And a lot of times we search for it and we think we kind of find it in these little ways. But what we realize oftentimes is that we really just kind of have this fleeting happiness. And so we may feel happy for a moment and then something else happens and kind of ruins that. But the gospel, Christ says that he is actually our true joy. See, our desires aren't lining up with these affections that we have and we don't see it in the world. And there's a great uh, uh, Christian theologian named C.S. Lewis who once said this, if we find find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And so we long for joy, yet we kind of only find fleeting happiness. But isn't that proof that our desire is for something that's more? And Jesus comes and says, I am able to give this to you. I can give this to you, in John chapter fifteen. Hi, Kiria. You hear yelling, Dad. That's cute. <laughs> in John fifteen verse eleven, it says, "These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full." God isn't a mean God in heaven, just kind of wanting you to be miserable and jump through the hoops but God is actually for your perfect joy. And Jesus said that he is the fulfillment of this, that he can bring the inward joy that all of us desire, yet we never really seem to be able to have. And even when we grasp it, it feels like it's fleeting. Jesus says, I can come and fill that. You can have me and it can never flee again. You can have joy eternal, even in the midst of the chaos and confusion around us. And finally, the fourth candle represents love. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 15 through 19, it says this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love we love because he first loved us. Christ is our love. And so in our desire, if we're honest, we all have this desire to be loved by others and to also bestow love upon others. And once again, I think that that desire is coming from God himself because we cannot just be loved by a spouse that we may or may not have, or maybe we do, but there's a fleetingness there or by friends that we may have or lose or by whatever it may be, but we have a divine love that's wrapped up, sealed, and we will have forever. This is what Christ came to bring at Christmas. Your heart will never be satisfied even if every single human in this world tries to bestow their love upon you. You were made for something greater than that. You were made for the love of God, an agape love, a divine love. And that's what this candle represents, that Jesus comes and said, God is love, and I give him to you. I give God to you fully that if you come to me, you have this forever. In Christ, we can find all these things that we desire, and Christ promises to be that for us. And so this is why Christmas is so important. This is why we celebrate it. This is why we make such a big deal of it, because Christ has come to give us these things. Christmas proves that God desires a relationship with you, that God didn't leave you. Not only did he not leave Israel, and we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive me." God came to be in a relationship with you because, see, Christmas doesn't stop at the birth of Jesus. But the reason we can celebrate Christmas is because Christ then went on to live a perfect life And then instead of receiving the reward of perfection, he got hung up naked on a cross and crucified, killed the way that we should have been, but Jesus became our sin, lived a perfect life, and then desires to give that perfection to us because he took on our filthiness. Then after death, did not stay dead, but resurrected and proved that Christmas is real. It's not just Miracle on 34th Street that we hope for. It's the miracle of the resurrection, but we know that it's true. The Bible says that this is for us, that on the cross, Christ lost all hope so that we who are hopeless may forever have hope secured in him. On the cross, Jesus lost all peace. See, Jesus actually was drinking the very wrath of God that was designed for us. Jesus took that on himself, had no peace, screamed out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? so that you and I can have peace eternal, never to feel that angst again. Jesus came to be our peace. He lost all joy on the cross in utter sorrow and agony so that we who face sorrows now can find our true joy in him. And he was separated from the very love of the Father that he experienced throughout all of eternity so that you and I will never be separated from the love of God again on the cross of Christ, all four of the candles that Christmas kind of represents actually came to its fruition and Jesus was separated from all these truths so that we who should be separated from them can be unified in him. The Christ candle in the center is really representing how Jesus unifies all these things. Friends, Christmas is real. Christmas is real. God became a little baby boy. And this is the greatest gift that we could ever desire. Kids, you guys desire, you like gifts, right? Yeah, right? Kids like gifts. Adults, you like gifts too? Yeah? Do you kind of wish I would stop talking so you can go open up some gifts, all right? It's okay, we're in church. You don't have to lie, okay? I think that too is hardwired into us by God. The reason we don't really like cheap gifts like a fruitcake or something, all right, is because we actually desire these good gifts that satisfy our soul, friends, The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus down, born on Christmas Day as a child, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have hope, love, joy, peace, everlasting. This is the gift of Christmas, and this is what we celebrate Friends, this gift can be yours today. If you already know Jesus, then you have these. And even in the midst of chaos, I know it's dark and it feels like it. But it was dark then too. But Jesus resurrected to show he can defeat the worst enemy of death. He will defeat all these other ones, friends. And so we will have this forever one day. Hallelujah. But until that comes, we can have it internally if we trust in Jesus I pray that's where your trust would be. Whether you're a believer or you're wrestling with the faith, place your trust in the the child that was born that became a man, Christ Jesus. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you. I pray that tonight, tomorrow morning, as we celebrate with friends or family or maybe even we're just by ourselves, God, would you remind us of the true meaning of Christmas? That you, Jesus, came into this world. You came into this mess, God. You didn't leave us by ourselves. You walked right into the midst of it. You know. You suffered, God. You know what it's like to be in the midst of this, God. Would you please remind us of that, even tomorrow, even tonight. God, let that not be a one-time truth, but a truth that impacts and changes all of who we are, God. That we would then take this truth, and spread this Christmas joy to others that you, the God man, came. Thank you, Christ. Friends, I want you to know that maybe you're wrestling with who the Lord is or wrestling with Christianity, or maybe one of your main questions is why does God allow bad things? And Jesus comes and answers that for us in becoming the bad. Instead of wiping out all of humanity, because if we're honest, all of us are bad, he came and took it on for us that we may find our goodness in him. Even tonight, friends, if you don't know Jesus as Lord, if you have not made him king, man, this is what Christmas is about. And I would invite you that if you want a relationship with God, the forgiveness of your sins if you would like to trust Christ as your savior, I would invite you actually to just pray this prayer with me. In your heart, say God, thank you for coming into this world to save me. I've messed up. I've caused some of the darkness around God, and I have sinned against you over and over again. Thank you for instead of forsaking me, you forsook your son. Jesus, thank you for standing in my place. Give me a relationship with you, God. Teach me who you are and how to walk in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Lord, even right now, as we end our service and singing, would you help us to know you more and more, God, to know your love, your mercy, your peace, your joy. God, give us more of you, Jesus. Thank you for coming into this world, Christ. Thank you for becoming a child. God, even as we hear the voices of children sing out, would you impart into us that you became that for us? Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You are worthy of our affection, Christ. Praise in your very beautiful name. Amen.